Hey everyone, today we're going to cover 10 interesting facts about Jawas. Starting with number one, Jawas faces. With tattered, worn brown robes, faded leather bandoliers, and glowing yellow or red eyes, Jawas certainly strike a distinctive look. But what do these minuscule natives of Tatooine look like under their hoods? Well, as of yet, there has not been a reveal, but that hasn't stopped people from theorizing. Some believe that Jawas may be a less evolved species of human, while others think they could be rodent-like in appearance. That's merely a fan speculation. That's because Lucas's concept artist Ralph McQuarrie's first original design for the alien scavengers was a hoodless rodent-like creature. It wore a helmet that resembled a very earthly construction hat, along with goggles, as the source for their glowing eyes. But ultimately, Lucas rejected this look, and we got the Jawa that we know and love, but what they concealed beneath their hood remains a mystery. Now, extra fact, Lucas used 12 local children, including his producer's daughter, to portray the Jawas we met in A New Hope. Number two, Force-sensitive Jawas. The Jawas were divided into separate clan families that held claims to their own territories, where they could live and scavenge. Each clan was led by a male clan chief. However, their overall operations were overseen by a female shaman. Highly respected for their wisdom, female shaman were believed to be able to foretell the future and perform hexes and spells. They were either chosen by the current shaman to succeed them, or in the cases when a Jawa was born Force-sensitive, their abilities were seen as magic, and therefore were chosen for the position. A shaman never traveled on a sandcrawler, as they were seen as too important for Jawa's society, so they remained behind in the clan's fortress. Aside from the shaman, other Jawa females were given little respect in their very patriarchal families. Number 3. Jawes In post-production for the junk trader's tongue, legendary sound designer Ben Burt used the African language Zulu and simply sped it up, though native speakers like Trevor Noah of The Daily Show can still understand it. Due to their profession as traders, however, the Jawas had come up with a more simplified version of Jawes, so they could easily bargain and hackle with other species. Referred to as Jawa trader talk, it's what they spoke to Uncle Owen and Luke with during their price negotiations over the droids. If they were to speak their actual language, the Jawas would have to use scent along with words, as the best way for a Jawa to really understand another Jawa was by sniffing each other. If they started to sniff Uncle Owen, it probably wouldn't have gone well. Aside from believing that washing was a waste of water due to living in a desert world, the Jawas' particularly strong body odor may also have been an evolutionary condition to help them communicate. Number 4. Jawa Juice If you recall the scene in Attack of the Clones, when Obi-Wan met up with the Besalisk cook, Dexter Jetster at his diner, a WA-7 waitress droid came up to them and asked the Jedi if he'd like a nice cup of Jawa juice. Obi-Wan declined, but what is Jawa juice? Is it made by Jawas? For Jawas? Or made out of Jawas? It turns out, the juice actually has nothing to do with Tatooine natives. Instead, the proper name for the drink is Ardiz, a beverage that fermented and concocted with a dash of banthahide. Now, who doesn't want to drink some banthahide? I don't know. I wonder why Obi-Wan turned it down. And again, he turns down everything, including the death sticks. Number 5. Sandcrawlers They used their steam-powered sandcrawlers to travel through the hot Tatooine desert, as the search for junk they can scavenge. The enormous sandcrawlers were spacious enough to hold up to 1,500 salvaged droids and an entire clan of Jawas though they were quite short. With the magnetic suction tube, the Jawas could collect droids and draw them into their transport. However, even their iconic mobile workshops were scavenged. Long ago, 
mining companies hoping to make a profit out of Tatooine with the sand crawlers, thought they'd be really lucky. But when their endeavors failed, they left behind the crawlers, who the Jawas then repurposed for their own needs. Extra bonus fact. The original design of the Sandcrawler was inspired by a NASA rover, and in Singapore, Lucasfilm headquarters is purposely designed to resemble a Sandcrawler. Number six, a dangerous place. Tatooine is a dangerous and harsh place, and the Jawas face challenges from sandstorms, to vicious native predators, and of course, the temperamental Tusken Raiders. Though for the most part, the Jawas were able to exist in relative peace with the desert's world of various settlers. They were wary of sand people, being said. Then there were the ferocious and carnivorous crate dragons, the legendary apex predators of Tatooine. These behemoth reptiles tended to make their home in Tatooine's Laguna Caves, with either their very brave or foolish poachers hunting the great beasts for their giant pearls found inside their scaly bodies. Not every animal was a threat though. The Jawas did domesticate a few herbivore rontos as their mounts. Though the large long-necked creatures tended to startle easily, often enough causing their diminutive Jawa riders to fling off their backs and smash into the desert sand. Number seven, yearly meeting. Once a year, Jawa clans from all over Tatooine journey across the desert for a giant meetup, a type of fair where they trade equipment with each other and tell stories of various adventures they'd have. In essence, the fair was a gigantic salvage swap, where Jawas could show off their numerous droids, some custom made from the other scavenged parts, as a way for their species to come together and benefit from the encounter. Number eight. Jawas and other planets. Though the meter-tall humanoids were natives of Tatooine and had adapted well to surviving on the hostile world, there were Jawas elsewhere in the galaxy. As ships kept traveling to and from Tatooine, there were some Jawas who migrated to other planets, perhaps not that creative, but straight to the point, any Jawas not on Tatooine were referred to as off-world Jawas. Some of these adventurer Jawas settled were seen on the rocky world of Navarro, while others continued their trade on Arvala 7. Number 9. Mudhorn Eggs The Jawas from Arvala 7, who had an encounter with the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, didn't need to deal with crate dragons, but large horn beasts called mudhorns instead. These off-world Jawas considered the creature's furry eggs to be a delicacy, but were severely outmatched against its strength. So doing what Jawas do best, they bargained with the Mandalorian to get him to retrieve an egg for them in exchange for the parts he needed to repair his ship. Parts that the off-world Jawas had stolen from the ship in the first place. Finally, number 10. One clan recovered Boba Fett's Mandalorian armor. A group of Jawas scavenged corroded Mandalorian armor near the Great Pit of Carcoon after the destruction of Jabba the Hutt's sail barge and the gangster's death in Return of the Jedi. There was no sign of the armor's owner, but the corroded damage could have come from the stomach acid of the Sarlacc. Or, my other theory, maybe even a crate dragon who ate the Sarlacc. Hearing about the Mandalorian armor, a criminal named Adwin Charu traveled to the Jawa's sandcrawler to take as his own, but a lawman named Cobb Vanth stopped him and took the armor for himself. Now, of course, the story was a little bit switched up in Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1, but the gist of it is pretty much there from the Aftermath novels. Waiting for crashes. The annual pod race tournament, the Boonta Eve Classic, before it was made illegal, was a major event for the people of Tatooine. Taking place in Mos Espa, racing devotees from all across the galaxy would come to either be spectators or partake in the race themselves. Jawas also enjoyed attending the event, 
probably not for the same reason as most beings who came, the Jawas were really excited about the likelihood of the pods crashing or malfunctioning so that they could collect whatever parts and pieces were left behind. They set up shops and just waited for the crashes. They instantly scooped up anything they found and scurried away to make quick credits. Hope you enjoyed these 10 interesting facts about Jawas. Have an awesome rest of your day and I will see you in the next video. Until then, remember, the force will be with you always.